Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You're about to listen to Shots Fired. New episodes are released every Thursday on Earwolf.com and iTunes. I'm Jeff Weiss. I'm a writer for LA Weekly, the editor of Passion of the Weiss, a music website, and a writer for Pitchfork and Esquire. And I'm No Can Do. I'm a rapper, host of the world-famous music venue Low in Theory, and a freestyle battle champion. And this is a weekly podcast devoted to what's good, what's bad, and what's weird in the world of hip-hop. This is Shots Fired. Pow! Shots Fired! What's going on? This is Jeff Weiss. You're tuning in to Shots Fired, a podcast where every week we talk about the strange, the surreal, and the slang in the world of rap, electronic, and indie music. Some weeks we're going to have guests, some weeks we'll have skits, some weeks we'll have news, and some weeks we'll have new tracks. A little later on in the show, we're going to have the Gaslamp Killer in, who DJs every Wednesday at the Low End Theory in Lincoln Heights. He is a vital bridge in the worlds of electronic and hip-hop music, so he's a perfect guest for the first episode. And he has a new album coming out on Brain Feeder Records called Breakthrough this September. I'm sitting next to the tea-drinking rapper, MC No Can Do. I am No Can Do. I'm drinking tea. I am a rapper. What's up? <laughs> So what sort of chicanery do you want to get into in the podcast every week? I just want to make fun of people. That's all I want to do. I just want to just poke fun at people, yeah. I mean, what does Shots Fired mean to you? Uh, it can mean a few things, but in this sense, on, on a podcast, not on the streets, but on a podcast. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. On a podcast, it means something. there's a current event. Somebody did something silly. I'm going to make it look sillier. Yeah, because basically the whole idea is that rap is sort of, you know, wrestling or Marvel comics. Every character has to be larger than life. And the idea of this is sort of to deflate that and not let itself take itself too seriously. It's, we, we plan to kick everything in rap in the nuts. And hopefully not get punched in the nuts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't give a fuck. So James, as I'm revealing to the world, that's your real name. What is the title of this week's episode? First off, don't call me James. <laughs> Second off... The title of the episode is called Fanute the Coop. What the fuck does that mean? Well, Fanute the Coop is actually comes from a song called Stay Scheming by Rick Ross. And <gasps> that's how Rick Ross sounds. He's comically obese. He wears sunglasses a lot and lots of Versace and adores crab. Shots fired. Stay Scheming coined the word Fanute when the artist French Montana forgot every syllable in the phrase from the hoopty to the coop and it came out Fanute. I it, honestly think he said from the hoopty coop. From the hoopty coop, I think it was from the hoopty to the coop. But this is sort of the point: you can never really tell what a lot of artists say or what French Montana says ever. And you know, basically, let's just hear him say it. So that coop just got fanuted. 
We're about to finute this show real quick. Yeah, we're going to finute. Which, if finuting, I mean, you can do a lot of things with finute. I mean, I don't even, like, finuting could be fixing up the coop. It could be jumping into the coop. It could be... Racing the coop. Racing the coop. You could be parking the coop. Fleeing the coop. You could be fleeing, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it could just be, you know, something that you do with the ghost dog. Yeah. With, uh, with the coop. Like, I think he's a huge Forrest Whitaker fan. Is it? I mean, who isn't a huge Forrest Whitaker fan? I only like him in, in Fast Times Ridge One High when he's Jefferson. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I like him as Edie Amin. Edie Amin, yeah. That's, I think that's who, one of my favorite dictators and outlaws. Tupac Shakur is outlaws. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's who Forrest Whitaker really is. So basically, the Fanute controversy, New York Times does this huge article uh, about it. Uh, and, and one of the things in the article is there's a website called Rap Genius that, you know, a lot of people say negative things about Rap Genius, but I, I do think it's a very useful website because, you know, it's so, look, like, <laughs> I just want to Google rap lyrics sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care for the explanation, but like, you know, at least it's like, yeah, it's out there. I just want to know what they wrote, what they said. I mean, like, I, I really don't, but at, I can see why people do. Yeah. I mean, I like mm. personally, I would rather interpret like Ghostface myself without mm. and from French Montana for that matter. Mm-hmm. But so basically, Rap, Rap Genius was like, you know, he's not saying Fanute, he's saying from the hoop to the coop. But the beauty, I think, of hip hop is that a word like Fanute could be birthed to feel like there's this, there's this engagement with hip hop, you know, with the listeners and artists and fans and just like journalists, you know, it's like, yeah. it's constantly evolving. I mean, like whether it's like a obno- becomes obnoxious real fast, like swag or, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, like whack, like, you know, some yeah, things. whack, all guy. Whack, no one has said whack in a long time, the you know? The bomb. Yeah, the bomb. Or, like, people would just say ridiculous words, like, can you, like only white people would, like, bomb diggity. Can you imagine white people? Like, I've had girls that have texted me that, and I'm like, I can't never talk to you again. Where are they from? They're from Santa Monica? Like, Chatsworth. Chatsworth, yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong bomb? with Chatsworth. My mother is from the valley. Shout out to Terry Weiss. But no, um, but no, that he doesn't live there. Just, yeah, just, I don't live in the valley, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah! No, it's fine. It's cool. I mean, the valley's a fun place. But um, anyway, so Fanute the Coop came out, and I, I you know, I think that the, it's, it's, it's our linguistics episode. Well, we're going to talk next about about a concept, an epidemic, really, that's been kind of sweeping America from the hood swag to the suburbs. Swag. 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 I, I, I don't. I don't say that word. It's, 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 it's not like a four-letter word. I choose not to use. Yeah, this. We're, we're not speaking of swag and like the trendy. Like you know, what well, our swag was when swag was used like Fanuta Coop. We're, we're talking about someone's life essence. You know, the classic blood-sucking Some, sense that someone's that, style. that's famous for in the music industry. I mean, you yeah. know, it's, a, it's called Swag Dracula. Swag Dracula. Yeah. I mean, do you? Does anybody remember? Uh, you know that song "Pistol Grip Pump" by Volume Ten. Yeah, yeah. How could I forget that? I mean, that was the one uh, Project Blood song they played on the radio. Yeah. Do you remember when Ice Cube started rapping like Volume Ten? Yeah, it yeah. was like a half Volume Ten, half Mac Ten. Yeah, he liked numerals. He, he loved those. He loved yeah. numerals. Yeah, he, he loved those tens. You he know? couldn't rap like E Forty. No, not <laughs> no at one all. can rap like E Forty. Because E Forty is he, he. He's the oldest. I mean, he's one of the guys that. He, I mean, you want to talk about Swag Dracula fanuting new words that came. I mean, how many words has E Forty invented? Yeah, like the, he's gonna take a million mean, dollar insurance uh, policy on his on his out yeah. on, on his mouthpiece. You can't prove. That's I mean, what he said he's gonna do. He should. I mean, he's and I, I feel like that is why um, indie rock doesn't really do shit like that. And I <laughs> no because they're because because I think they're they take themselves very seriously. Too much of that college and like mm-hmm. that fancy book learning yeah. that the kids are not into. <laughs> And the, the, here's the, here's the thing though, like when you know when like rappers are like college educated, they know 
better. They know well enough to not take themselves too seriously. Like two like, chains, like two chains, or like rich boy, or like you know, like or plies, <laughs> or or pl- especially plies. Flowers for Algernon. You're plies. not gonna teach anybody when you're posturing yourself to to seem like you're greater. Like than Rick you. Perry, plies has a degree in agricultural science. <laughs> It's true. Uh, it's true. Wow, Rick Perry. Bow. And so Rick Perry and Plies are just like each other. We're going to talk now about Swag Dracula and the, really the history of Swag Dracula as it as it stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a phenomenon that happens in hip hop. That happens in every art, but in hip hop, uh, that's that's the you know the field that I'm uh, in rap music. That's the field that I'm I call myself an expert in, or some people would call me expert in. There's this thing. James uh, actually is probably the best freestyle rapper in. America. He used to. He still does freestyle every week at the Low End Theory every Wednesday night. But I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm not as good as I was when I was 25. But if I went to prison for like two months, I'd be the best in the world. Yeah. I would just get it brushed back by freestyling every day for my life. You would be the second best because Max B was <laughs> Max B. Max would, B would still Max be B more, would run you. Yeah, Max B was still. I mean, he he his shit would be more wavy. I'd be more punchline. That's true. But uh, but so the swag Dracula thing. There's a lot of times artists, you know. Uh, there's an older artist, right? And uh, he's, you know, further along in his career, and he kind of runs out of uh, new new ways to dress up the, the old things that he's been saying, you know? And uh, they run into, uh, a lot of times, kids. Kids kids push things along yeah. so far, you know? They might run into a young young guy that it's, doesn't have much to say, but just has a new way of it's saying pretty a- It's pretty age-old, the swag Dracula in hip-hop, because... You know, one of the original Swag Draculas was uh, the Sugar Hill Gang. Rapper's Delight. Rapper's Delight. Uh, the notebook was stolen from Grandmaster Kaz and used. Yeah. And then, you know, Kaz never got paid. And yeah, it was it was it was it was the original. Yeah, it, sin. It's yeah, it's it's, it's like the Swag Dracula. Swag Dracula. We is... actually have a video of the of of that. Really? You should play it. Yeah. Play it. Original Swag Dracula. Let's go. Van Helsing. Now that you have learned what you have learned, it would be well for you to return to your own country. I prefer to remain and protect those whom you would destroy. You are too late. My blood now flows through your veins. So the epidemic of swag draculing has also had a lot of uh, incarnations in the modern times. There was the very famous example of Jay-Z and Young Chris. Well, the famous example of Jay-Z and the, and the like, not-known story of Young Chris. Yeah, the, yeah <laughs> nobody knows. Like, I remember hearing a Young Chris song in like 2007, 2008, and I was like, who is this guy totally ripping off Jay-Z? Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Little did I know that, I mean, I, I'd heard his stuff. Basically, Young Chris was a Philadelphia rapper. He was young. He was like 20, 21 years old. And he was in a group called uh, Young Guns. And they were in Jay-Z's, uh, affi- a Jay-Z-affiliated crew called State Property that were signed to Rockefeller. Jay-Z basically signed Young Chris uh, and then proceeded to swag Dracula him. Yeah. I mean, in real talk, dude, if you're going to take anybody's style in the country, like for, for rap, it's either philadelphia or oakland like philadelphia has like the they come up every two years there's like a new way that they do things you know yeah and i, I think since they're not close to well, the well rick ross did it with meek mill to a, to a degree i mean they kind of yeah. i wouldn't call it a, i wouldn't call it a, a definitive swag dracula yeah I, I think rick ross would be rapping newer and better if he did it he, he didn't do the meek mill thing right he didn't swag dracula yeah. him like jay-z yeah he didn't leave him a, a bloodless corpse yeah he would have released two albums 
with his style first and then released a Meek Mill record. Yeah. You know, like... So then th- there's been there's been other ones. Uh, um, another notable Swag Dracula in recent memory was uh, ASAP Rocky and Space Ghost Perp. ASAP Rocky is a rapper out of New York who raps like a combination of a rapper from Houston, Memphis, and, uh, you know, he does have a little bit of New York influence in him. Space Ghost Perp is a rapper from Miami who is very obsessed with 1990s 3-6 Mafia and the gangster rap of MC8 in the, in the, in California in the 90s. Yeah. And how, how would you describe that, uh, that swag draculing? It ended up in a huge internet Twitter war, which is the way that real hip hoppers do it now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, r- real rappers, like, go in on Twitter, like, hashtags and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's no more songs. There's no more diss songs anymore in hip-hop. There's just, like, weird Twitter slap fights. Yeah. It's just- no, I, I think the way that kind of happened, that was kind of natural, I think. That was like, you know, hey. It's an organic. It's very modern. It's an yeah. organic, pesticide-free swag Dracula. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I, I want to work with you. Uh, because I like your style, and it's like all—it's all up front. It's kind of like you know, you mean, it's kind of like yeah. pimping, you know, just yeah. like you know, I would like to work with he you. He saw somebody on the corner, he, on the internet. We can go places, baby. Yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> I like your URL. I like your YouTube videos. Yeah, let's just get crazy and drink a lot of lean. Yeah, and and That's keep it real. Exactly like, how it worked. And keep it real. I, I'm a New York, and I move really, really fast, and I'm all about. I'm all about progress, and you just want to kick it. That, that was that yeah. was. I like. I'm a New Yorker. I'm. I'm gonna make make something. Of well, myself. there there's definitely yeah. an art to the swag draculing because it's often taking an unrefined product and making it very and it, you know and making yeah. it polished and you know palatable to the masses. And it, you know if you really look at the history of art, there's a long history of of you know obviously influences bouncing off of each other and you know people become friends. But in, in rap, it, it tends to take like a very carnivorous mercenary kind of tone. Oh yeah. Which brings us to our latest, most controversial swag draculing yet. Ooh. What's, what's, what's going on here? Well, Nas, who is pretty much universally regarded as one of the five to ten greatest rappers of all time, and one of the, if, if not the best writer, then, then certainly up there, was accused of being ghostwritten, of having lyrics from his 2007 album. Untitled, formerly known as Nigger, or should have been known as Nigger, but he didn't have the balls to release it as Nigger because people were against him. But you know, you know, you can rap about fucking selling crack, but you can't, you know, t- name your fucking album Nigger. Like, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. It was a pretty, I mean, it was a controversial album. The, the cover uh, had Nas, like, with uh, scars on his back from, from being whipped, and it, mm-hmm. it, it definitely was his. Because he's a drama queen. And yeah. It was definitely his, yeah. <laughs> So it was like a concept album about race in America, and um, it was a great album. I loved it. I listened to it every day for like three months. It's an awful, awful album. But I'm like everyone else hated it. But I think it's because the build up, the fucking build up. Like, but I, I also think it's one of those albums where, like, I mean, come on, like, white people. It was not for white people. Let's just be honest with you. It was yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. As, as a young, you know, as a young kid from South Central, I maybe I connected with with it. Yeah, but the the bottom line though is, it, it Nas made an album basically where, like, if you were a white person that hated the album, you felt like you were a total asshole and um for not liking it because you feel like you should have because you know every every white hip hop fan that like has this like enormous liberal guilt attached. To them, so you know, like that, that's real talk. Um, Our great, 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 great grandparents were horrible. Yeah, luckily I don't because I was like, my grandparents were in the Holocaust. So what? <laughs> easy out. Yeah, easy, easy out. Yeah. Unfortunately, then the Jews decided to take over the record industry, and I apologize for the sins of Lee Arcone. But <laughs> basically, J Electronica 
it, it came out this week that he was he allegedly ghostwrote the album and basically what happened was there was a post uh, the, tr- oh. <laughs> the website is called the the person who first broached the allegations against Jay Electron the website is called rappers i know which is you know it's, as, as you know it's some groupie it's a it's a groupie name in a yeah. way yeah, and but it's successful. Like shots fired, people will be like, "I like that idea." I like knowing rappers. This guy knows rappers, <laughs> and I, I like to know a rapper. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Florida well. He was at my bar mitzvah. It was cool. Like we did the limbo together. It was awesome. I mean, I'm at the bar mitzvah and everything is out of control. The problem with Florida at a bar mitzvah, though, is unfortunately all the the weightlifting has really curtailed his ability to limbo correctly. His flexibility not the best. Do they limbo at bar mitzvahs? Oh, do they limbo at bar mitzvahs? I've never been to a bar mitzvah, and I feel robbed of this experience. <laughs> I feel like I just need to have children now so you can attend their bar mitzvah. I'm just be there, like, Haim. Yeah. yeah. Toast to crime. Yo, I, are you getting Jews, like, love black people at the bar mitzvah? They, like, really? Like, yo, they get very excited. They're like, wow. They're yeah. like, like, <laughs> I, like, like we, we weren't scorned. Yeah. You know, we're... It's the Jewish history. Like we, like you and I, we have something in common. Yeah. yeah. Well, to 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 go back to my long our long winded discussion about this, basically, Jay Electronica was accused of it, and there's a writer named Dream Hampton who uh, she actually co-wrote Jay Z's Decoded book, which, for all we know, she she could have helped ghostwrite that, or you know, who, who knows what happened. I'm mean, not not to make any accusations at her, but there is another long history of of. Of authors and and celebrity books, you know, where very often the the celebrity input is pretty much nil, and the, the author ends up writing it herself. And not to ca- not to cast any aspersions on her, but she basically tweets, "I think Jay writes what he believes," and she's referring to Jay Z. Mm. Nas's nigger album was <laughs> largely written by Stick of Dead Prez and Jay Electronica. So that's all. That's crazy. So basically, the song in question that she was saying that. Jay Electronica wrote was a song that Jay Electronica got a production credit for. It's called Queens Get the Money, and it's actually my favorite song on the album, and let's just play a snippet of it right now. Hey yo, Queens get the money, niggas still screaming paper chasing for presidential candidates. It's planning wars with other nations over stake with Masons. Pregnant teens get birth to intelligent gangsters, they daddy's faceless. Play this, buy your stomach, let my words massage it and rub it. I'll be his daddy if there's nobody there to love it. Tell him his name, Nasir. Tell him how he got here. Mama was just having fun with someone above her years. Niggas is still hating. Talking that Nas done fell off with rhyming. He rather floss with diamonds. They pray, please God, let him spit that Uzi in the army lining. That shorty do I roll it ops in the park with cl- Yeah, yeah, that's That's okay. To be fair, that probably is a J Electronica song. Like I'm not gonna s- I, I, but you know what? There are Nas lines in there. You can hear it. Like the truth is, they probably collaborated on that. Like, but there are definitely lines that Nas would not like. The bulimic on a seesaw line—that is not a line that Nas has ever written. I don't believe. I mean, like, in the way that he referenced himself is not a way that I heard Nas reference himself. No, and He's like, who's gonna spit that? That's like, or who's gonna like that? That whole way of speaking is not his. It reminds me of like kind of when Jay Z ghostwrote "Still DRE." For Dre, oh yeah, you know what I mean. It it's was like, like the perfect ghostwriting. It was the perfect ghostwriting, and yeah. you're like, you're like, still like, you know, it, it was that wasn't a swag Dracula, but like this instance was more of a swag Dracula because to to explain basically, Jay Electronica, people first started hearing about him on the internet around 2006, 2007. He was a rapper f- from New Orleans originally, but he was this vagabond kind of like almost like Jack Kerouac like figure, very mis- shrouded in mystery. Nobody knew anything about him. He ended up in Detroit, got the cosign of Jay Dilla right before he died. Mm-hmm. Um, 
basically started putting out all these songs, started dating Erica Badu, had Just Blaze's co-sign. Yeah. And at the you t- know what happens when you start dating Erica Badu. Yeah, sh- yeah you get Baduism. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, shout out to Sacha Sun Ra. And basically you get... You get Baduism, and you become great for about two years before de- descending into an abyss of madness. No one has ever rapped well again after Erica Badu. Yeah. Andre 3000 is doing Gillette commercials, and Common is like a Gap turtleneck wearer. I think I think I think Andre 3000 has had to fight his way back into being a really, 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 really amazing lyricist, and he's really amazing. He's amazing. Badu didn't take that away from him, no. but I think she took away his work ethic. Yeah, she, she she ruined his desire to do anything productive. Yeah, yeah. No. Now he just wants to play the guitar and just, like, chill. Yeah. yeah I think good, like, good for him and go to the newsroom in West Hollywood. I think he should uh, do do some more acting. But I, there's, a, there's a comic book character in, like, in the X-Men stuff from the 90s. His name was Fabian Cortez. Mm-hmm. And uh, Erica Badu and Fabian Cortez have the, have the same superpower, by the way. So um, I'm not going to refer- I'm not gonna tell you what it is. Just go Google that shit. The word is you can never really trust anyone named Fabian anyways. No, no, no. It's like a distrust. Word. It's like a business manager's name in Hollywood. Yeah, um, yeah. My manager lot, Fabian. A lot, a lot of hair gel. A lot, a lot of, of hair, hair gel. gel. Yeah. Nothing wrong with hair gel, but if you, if there was, it would be with someone. Don't named trust Fabian. anybody that uses too much. though. No, no. It's it's like too much cologne. Or a black man with manicured dreads. Don't trust. Him. <laughs> Can't. So basically, Jay Electronica was this kind of. He wasn't really a young guy. He was like thirty. Three years old at the time, but Nas was like 36, 37, mm-hmm. a few years older. It was kind of just, you know, Nas was seen as on the decline, Jay Electronica was seen on the rise, getting all this attention. And he basically, you know, enlisted his collaboration because he was, he had, you know, to, for lack of a better word, he had the heat at, at that moment. Mm-hmm. I think that was, that was before I knew who Jay Electronica yeah. was. So it was, it might have been while he was. On he was in the, the rise in the industry, but fairly unknown to yeah. Because the there is this like there the interesting thing about the music industry is like, there are artists that are only known about in the music industry, and none of the media knows about them. No one in the outside world knows about them. But mm. they are they're being used as I mean I, Drake I think was one of those people before anyone had ever heard of him. He was already doing ghostwriting, and mm-hmm. he was in the system. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and and ho- Hollywood has kind of a similar thing. But um, basically, so then you just heard Queens get the money, which. M- probably was collaborative and basically uh, I mean but collaboration is not necessarily imitation you know it is well I don't think well, ghostwriting is Im- Im- imitation I think that's it's true collaboration I think it's you know it's like uh, it's like if you're it's like writer and actor yeah, you know, it's like it's yeah, a lot of improvisation, obviously. So basically, Dream Hapton respond the, the rap the guy from rappers I know claimed that he got a phone call from Jay Electronica saying that. Basically telling him like, "Oh, I've been good." Like, which is, like, dude, stop, stop fucking snitching, man. Yes. Like, yo, you cannot. I'm sorry if you get if you're ghostwriting something, you cannot be calling up media people. I mean, nobody like. Can you imagine if you like someone was like, "Oh, hey, you mm-hmm. want to ghost?" And you told you can't tell me. No. Or if and if you told me, you should be able to beat my ass if yeah. I told anyone. Like, it's not on Twitter. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. Yeah, so I, then Dream Hampton goes back to this guy tw- via Twitter. Yeah. You you only got a phone call. I heard reference tapes for like six songs. I shed thug tears too. Woo. He's a Virgo and one of my faves. First of all, yo, really? He's a fucking Virgo? Like that's it? Like, that's it. Like, Shots fired. Nas has one of my horoscope signs, so it hurt. Like, uh, how about he wrote Illumatic? Yeah. Not that he's a fucking Virgo. Or how about he wait, wrote, wait, I gave you power. Hey, b- before, before we get backpacker backlash, in, in excitement, you said Illumatic. We should just say Illmatic. Whatever. I don't pronounce things correctly, but I, I know what I'm talking about. Sort of, kind of. Yeah, I'm inventing new words. So, you know. Yeah. But, no, like... 
I, I don't know. I, we I, don't I, care about your backpack or backlash for the record, backpacker. <laughs> it's okay. We both. We love have you. our own backpack. I have backlash back at your backpacking. I like once wore a a, a vinyl bag. Yeah. I didn't wear a but, vinyl but bag. Real talk, That's like why. I, I don't blame I don't blame Nas for enlisting the help of and, and when I say like uh, like a young guy is a guy that you know is, is a guy that gets swag Dracula I just mean somebody who's who has young energy who's still hungry yeah. and hasn't had their chance to shine well Max B was swag Dracula and he was in his 30s as well yeah I mean, if Max B was 70 I would not even be yeah. be surprised Max B's references are from like 1978 also when you go to jail I think like it kind of like you get replanted because you're you're tapped into the young like rappers that come out of jail like I mean it takes them a while to get back but there's like a whole yeah. I mean that's like a different, it's a different topic for a different episode of what goes Here's on. Here's the thing: what makes great artists is real fucking life experiences. The industry will slowly, it'll take you away from situations that give you fucking good ideas. It takes you away from bitchy girlfriends. It takes you away from fucking being in the streets and getting shot at, or it takes you away from having shitty jobs. It takes like that's what makes like a really good rapper. That's you know? why you, that's why people need to smoke Dracula because eventually they get famous and they're yeah. like at a point where number one you can't. It's it's you know it's like a lot of famous writers too. It's like. At a certain point, you lose the ability to walk into a room and nobody knows who you are. Yeah. So everywhere they go, every every interaction they have with somebody is going to be biased by the fact that mm-hmm. you know, they know who they are and they're mm-hmm. trying to get something from you. Yeah. You can't have this like honest – you can't be the fly on the wall anymore, which is really, I think, where all good writing comes from. Yeah, yeah. Nas was the guy who you know was talking about the tech on his dresser. He was observing it. Jay-Z famously said, like, yeah. I gave you that tech. So, I mean, even from an early age, you know, he was like the poet project kind of watching from his window, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then he sees the ability to be that. So you know, yeah, because because you know he's dating a super or he's got a superstar wife and he's flying all over the fucking world. Like it's that's it's just not real shit. So you know, big up to Jay Electronica for you know helping that guy out. But there's more. There's more. There's more. Okay. Apparently, okay. according okay. to according to this brew haha. I'm sorry, I'm just, I just really wanted to say the word brouhaha. And he basically, Nas reached out to M1 and Stickman from Dead Prez. Mm-hmm. And also to, to make it racist as fuck. Yeah, he wanted he wanted the perspective of of, of somebody that would be a Klansman, but black. kill the white people. I have I have, hey, issue, I have issues with that prize because don't you know we've got you, to you kill haven't, the you, white people. You haven't lived until you've been to a liberal arts college and just seen white people like go nuts to like all these like horribly racist dead prize songs. And you're like, yeah. they hate you and they want you dead, and they're like, yeah, yeah. You know, but, I don't know what that is. I, know, I bet you yeah. they I bet you they're popping in like and. Uh, fucking uh, Colorado Springs or Boulder where all those fucking Trustafarians are, no, right? Oh, yeah, Boulder, yeah. yeah big Boulder, time. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Nas had never heard the Dead Press song Mind Sex, but, which... <laughs> if you haven't heard Mind Sex, we're not gonna fucking play it, but just go YouTube that shit. Mind Sex, isn't that like in some... Isn't that like in this Sylvester Stallone movie where he gets frozen and goes to the future and fights Wesley Snipes? Demolition Man? Yeah, no, doesn't he have Mind Sex in that movie? <laughs> I believe Mind Sex is actually just sex packets from Digital Underground, but... So basically... Nas hits up M1 from, or he hits up M1 and Stickman. Basically, and Stickman said, you know, basically they went to hang out, they went to write, they went to produce. Mm-hmm. You know, they they developed the Fox, the Sly Fox song about Fox News. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then basically there was this kind of twenty four hour gap <laughs> where everyone is like. Doesn't say a word about it, and then like of course Jay Electronica and like Dead Press come out, and be like, no, he didn't, he didn't. I never would ghostwrite for him. He's one of the greatest rappers ever. But 
It's just one of those. No, that 24-hour gap is when motherfucking lawyers are talking to people. That's what that 24-hour yeah. gap is. You've got to do something right now. Jay Electronica can like be like, what's up, my tweeples? But like 24 hours go by and he can't like refute an allegation that he ghost wrote a song for Nas, even though I still can't get over why he's playing it for media members. Like that, It's just like... You know, it's just Biggie had the decency. They didn't let the the little Kim reference rhymes leak out until after he died. Like everyone knew it, but no one. It, ghostwriting. I mean, but ghostwriting is pretty rampant. I think like if you look at most of your favorite rappers, they probably have had, if not consistently getting stuff ghostwritten, then they have in the past. I don't like. I think when people have the ability to write a great song themselves, but just want to diversify shit, like you know. That that's cool, you know, and I, and I really think that like when you open a fucking pop record, bro, like or like you know, my, my wife's really into fucking Rihanna, right? Mm-hmm. You open the record, and by one song, there'll be like six people. names, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, and it's once like, you get that to that shit- level, it's not necessarily one man's artistic, you know, pouring of his soul out. It's just like it's a product, you mm-hmm. know. It's like and like we try to deny it. We want to like pretend that it's art, but like I mean, what's Rick Ross if not just like a really great product? Yeah. Except I think Rick Ross. Breasts. I, I think Rick Ross uses less ghostwriters than than the average dude because yeah. he spent so much time writing for other people. I th- I think that Rick Ross is gets everything ghostwritten. For. You think so? I think so. I completely think so. I th- I mean, what he went from rhyming Atlantic to Atlantic to being like you know, yeah, just being like this intricate like East Coast style rhymer. I mean, I think Gilly the Kid is writing for everyone. <laughs> it's basically which, Gilly the which Kid brings is written- us back to fucking Philadelphia. Which yeah. Philadelphia? Jay Electronica spent the- a lot of time in Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Oh, a lot of time in Philadelphia. You know what? And that's too much. It's a lot of real life, and there's a lot of Muslims, and it's a lot. A lot of words and a lot yeah, of. I think you know, Philadelphia was, I think, actually where he got introduced to being five uh, percent. Really? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Or nation. He might be nation. I think he's nation of Islam or five. I think he's he's five percent. Yeah, dude. Spending time in Philadelphia will, will make you a, a, a better serious rapper. Spending time in Oakland will teach you how to have fun. So I think the moral really of of all this controversy is that if you're going to swag Dracula, you probably should do it with somebody from Philadelphia. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna have our guests. The motherfucking gas lamp killer. Shots fired. Pow. Shots fired. Chit, 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 chit. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. By now, you've heard a lot about Audible, but there's a lot you might not know. Did you know that Audible audiobooks can be played on our iPhones, Androids, Kindle Fires, Windows phones, and on over 500 MP3 players? Most importantly, did you know that you can get a free audiobook and 30-day free trial by visiting www.audiblepodcast.com? Shots fired. Need a suggestion of a book to start with? How about The Big Payback, The History of Business of Hip Hop by Dan Charnis? Shots fired. Audible. Shots fired. All right, this is, is Shots Fired. Yes. You should be finuting your coop. If not, then finute you. We're here with the motherfucking gas lamp killer, the hottest DJ on the streets of Los Angeles and the gas lamp district. Shit, if I was the hottest DJ on the streets of the gas lamp district, I would want you to shoot me in the head right here, right now. I'm just saying, like, by proxy you are, because you have a gas lamp in your name. I can't even do a show at any club in the gas lamp. I will get booed off the stage what? and water thrown at me and drinks thrown at me Is that for like five <laughs> minutes of my set. <laughs> just co- like when I was a party kid. Town? Is that college party town? It's, just, it's, it's just, like Marine. Oh yeah? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's a nice city, but the, the <laughs> music scene doesn't like underground anything. No, and I mean you can. Count I, don't, on- I only use that word for them because for us, it's not even underground anymore. I mean, We're everywhere, pretty much. Everything. You and Ganja Sufi and Jo Felony. 
and Mitchy Slick. Jail Felony, That's Jail it. Felony from San Diego. Yeah, hell yeah, Jail Felony is probably the hardest gangster rap lyricist in the world. And you have Jail Felony swag. That's what I've just realized All right. now that that has happened. Mitchy right. Slick, that <laughs> yes. I'm so down with Southeast San Diego. We live near TJ. If you're not up on game, then you're just you're you're too far from Tijuana, basically. Yeah. How did you meet Ganja Sufi? Ganja Sufi came into my record store. Actually, we met at a battle first. I saw him battling, rhyming. Uh, and then I saw him at Pokey's, our amazing mm -hmm. vegan Mexican eatery uh, in San Diego, one of the best vegetarian vegan Mexican spots ever. And uh, he was the DJ there. He would DJ Roots Reggae while people were eating and dub and stuff like that and uh he was always very interesting looking character always on the streets always out and about doing his thing and then fast forward a year or so i got a job at a local record store called access hip-hop which i uh oh access hip-hop takes care of the whole underground that's the right they they really gave they gave me my first shot really and and uh, i met a lot of good people through that record store but yeah Gardner sufi came in with his cassette tapes and was like, yo, can I can I get you know five bucks each for these? And all of us uh, at the record store were kind of on some consignment stuff at the time, so we were like, no, you can consign them. And he got so mad. <laughs> you guys are supposed to be supporting underground SD hip hop, and we're like, well, we don't have the money to pay you up front, but if it sells, we promise you we'll pay you as it sells, and we'll get another disc in. And he just had this anger. He was just like, oh, thank God for all that yoga. Yeah, and then uh, I, like I would yeah. I would play his music all the time, and everyone in the store would be cringing like, "Oh God, you keep playing this weirdo shit," but I just loved it so yeah. much. And uh, then he heard some of the stuff that I was doing and asked me first a track, and that was uh, a duet. Yeah. That's this tight. I like I love the fact that Ganja Sufi does all that yoga, but he still keeps that anger. It kind of reminds me of my dad because my dad <laughs> will go to yoga class. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you can't get rid of it. Really. No, my dad. No, my dad comes out a uh, yoga class. You know, like an hour of like hour and a half of Zen, and he comes out and he's like, "Yeah, I'm better than everybody else in that yoga class." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, because that shit doesn't get rid of your balls, man. Like, no. I like real talk. Like, I took yoga class, dude. I took yoga once, and all I could think about is how many bitches were in the room. Like, it didn't change me as a person. I thought that was the whole reason to go to yoga. <laughs> okay, that's not. <laughs> I was just like, that shit is great. Yeah, I, I, you know. yeah. What was downward facing dog for? <laughs> like, uh, what are they insinuating? What are they downward facing dog? I mean, <laughs> come on. That's the title. We all know what you're talking about. That's Bikram. A, that's the title of, of a porn movie. Down, what what I've been getting dog. from Ganja Sufi. His standpoint is, you know, you learn how to breathe and yeah. and harness that anger and turn it into energy that you can use instead totally. of just being this pent up stress ball. Totally. You can release it and learn how to channel it and everything like that. Yeah. And that that's important for all human beings to learn how to channel your mm -hmm. your stress and your rage and your sadness and try to like use use all these amazing colorful rainbow of emotions that we have use them all f to, and channel that yeah, into that's your just sounded gay cuz no I feel like <laughs> well, it's alright well let's talk about the new, the new record I feel like does all those things well that's the thing about Will I feel like he has all this like like you're, you're always like reconciling like this like anger and rage and like passion you know energy with like kind of this desire for like you know harmony enlightenment inner like, peace yeah like things that are like you know like pretty songs but like dirty and grimy things so it's like this kind of you know, light and dark kind of balance. Yeah, I love that. I, I mean, that's what everybody's life is. It's just if you can reflect that in your music, I think it's 
it's awesome and that's been a goal of mine my entire life and i hope that i did that with this album yeah yeah definitely i mean uh and you got some like amazing guests on i mean adrian young uh black dynamite you know venice dawn yeah adrian young is the dopest producer right now for live music i think in the world he's just like stepped up to the plate and hit it out of the park completely i think uh his new records are gonna blow everyone away yeah and um so i mean how did you uh, like for a song like i mean you you evolved a lot i think from this album from from your previous stuff i mean it's called breakthrough i mean how did the name come i mean obviously it's you know it's self-explanatory in a way but do you remember kind of how you kind of came up with it and yeah basically i i felt like um the first album was my troubled mind just totally depressed mid 20s lonely Nobody confused mess and then <laughs> death gate death gate was like hitting rock bottom <laughs> and that that time in my life was like a little bit later just hitting rock bottom and having a my rock bottom wasn't as bad as some people's yeah. but it definitely just became evident that i needed to get my life together and then breakthrough is getting my life together yeah. and i like to talk about that and rock it's bottom. actually it's actually breakthrough is another word that you can use for that clarity or that understanding or that enlightenment yeah. or that moment where you just something switches in your head and you go okay I, i'm i'm going to change my life and you got and you got to you know get mm -hmm. to that everybody's got to get to that point some people don't they could just go through lives being who they are forever and never reflect and never try to change for the better but that's just some gay cuss. Yeah, it's just <laughs> not me, man. I gotta get better. I gotta evolve. Stop with your rampant homophobia. There's, it's not really homophobia. It's nothing. No, I don't it's mean good. As people. serious as we get, I'm just kind of making gotta jab. Come in with yeah, a I, I, relief. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm that. a serious guy, man. You know, but I got a jab every once in a you while. Know, some people he's, he's, like James. You call yourself deep. Just James? don't evolve. Fuck no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck no, not. Look, not I got my deep pants on, so no matter what he says, we're gonna be fine. Those are not deep pants. Those are beach pants. I said D pants. D pants? What, is, what are D pants? God, if you don't know Tim and Eric, just leave. <laughs> no, I don't be watching We're TV canceling like that. this whole show. I, got, I don't have TV. I got children, bro. We're canceling this go? interview. <laughs> interview over. We already got you recorded, bro. Just because you we know about Eric Andre <laughs> doesn't give you street cred. Oh, just jab. Boom, boom, boom. boom. <laughs> he knows right. Hannibal Buress, too. Buress. Burrs. Burrs. All right, so um, well, tell me about this rock bottom that you hit, like. You don't got to go go in, in, into detail, but that was like a couple years ago, right? Two years ago? No, it was last year. It was last year. Yeah, it was last year, and uh, I felt like I didn't want to perform anymore, and I didn't want to make any music, and I didn't want to be uh, in the role of a, any kind of community member, mm -hmm. let alone community leader, and I decided that I wasn't going to do this anymore because it wasn't worth it, and I, I had a bad taste in my mouth about everything. And that's fucking sad. Yeah, sure. I'm not even 30 years old, and I was totally feeling burnt. And uh, that has nothing to do with the fans, or with low end, or with my international touring, or my records, or anything like that. I think that was a deep thing going on within me that I had to that well, I had to just it's, find. It's also hard. I mean, like you do expend a lot of energy, and you're playing out a lot, and like that can just leave you kind of. I mean, it's like must be hard to kind of keep up that energy level at all times you know like i'm sure sometimes you just want to be like yeah i'm just gonna chill there but you can't because you have like you know you have like a you, when you when you perform at a high level you have to kind of stay at that level you can't just kind of 
play your songs. Yeah, I know, man. And I don't have, like, giant stage props or any kind of crazy psychedelic light show or any... Would you, would you want to get some of that stuff one day? Like, no. What about, what, like, a giant floating lizard? What if in Japan I came out behind you in a big mech? Like a mecha robot. That would be awesome. Okay. <laughs> and I just like twerked the whole time. That would be almost like twerk. twerking. That would only be cool because it was it was you. I am twerk bot. Yeah, it would only be cool because it was you. Uh, if it was anyone else, though, I would have I would have been. I would be upset. Yes. Okay. I think synchronized twerk bots. Like you have like four of them on stage. Me and like, John. They're just doing. The I control one. I'm like John Wayne is doing. It. I'm, I'm in the back and I just I have a power glove and like a fucking like a robot like you know pants. It'd thing be pretty much on. like yeah. yeah. I think maybe Ghostbusters too. No can do. John Wayne, Gaslamp Killer, Low End Theory, Japan, 2012. I think we're gonna be on stage with each other for the whole shows. Like I don't think I think we're gonna have our rider on the stage. We're gonna have our party on the stage. Nobody's mm -hmm. gonna be getting going away. Everyone's gonna just be together. Hopefully, oh, yeah. there's only three of us, and we're all the way over there. So I think and then we won't have anybody there that we can speak English to. So we'll just, we'll just be hiding. <laughs> it's scary out there. Yeah. So about the record, what do you think? Uh, you know, if you if you would want, like, I don't know if there's like an ideal listener, but if there was something that you'd want someone to take away from the record, kind of that summed up this whole process, this whole year, what would you what would you think it would be? I just want. I hope that my energy was captured in the album. I hope that even though I recorded with a bunch of musicians and almost every single song is a collaborative effort. I hope that people could still feel my energy and my evolution and my my vibe in it. And I hope that it takes them on a similar journey to what my mixtapes do and what my live shows do. I hope that it encompasses me as a human being and me as an artist and me as a performer all in one. That's what I want. Great. Now uh, we're going to have you play some of the songs from the record. and uh, you, you maybe introduce them and kind of maybe say a couple words about yeah, them. Yeah, I'd like to play Nisim. Nisim? Yeah, Nisim is a song for my grandfather and my brother, uh, both with the same name. Shouts to my grandfather from Istanbul, Turkey, and rest in peace to my big brother Jake, uh, Jacob Nisim Ben Susan. And this song is all live from scratch with Amir Yagmai and a couple of his friends with Daedalus on the engineering. And uh, it's my it's my Turkish ode and my family ode and my 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 dedication to my to my Turkish roots as well as to my to my grandfather who I never met who passed away at 43 and a dedication to my brother who also passed away at 43 what? and they share the same name and they both passed away very suddenly and very unexpectedly so there's a lot going on with this song um, and I kind of got the vibe uh, from a Turkish artist from the 70s and I this is my rework of it is, this is, is my rendition of it is this basically. is this like a rebetica is that the, 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 the style of music uh, this is more like Turkish psychedelic funk. Turkish psychedelic funk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That I don't know what the traditional name would be. I, that's what I know it as. Some Turkish psychedelic funk. So here's Nisim mm -hmm. from the new Gaslamp Killer album, Breakthrough.
yeah, there it was, Nisim, with Amir Yagmai, a very talented man, uh, born and raised in L.A., doing music with Daedalus, doing music under the name Jogger with our friend Jonathan Larroquette and uh, yeah, very, very talented people over there in Santa Monica, that crew. Love Jogger, love Daedalus. Thanks for the help, y'all. Like Gaslamp Killer just said, that was a song by Gaslamp Killer called Nisim, named after Gaslamp Killer's brother and grandfather. That's right. That's correct. Yes. Shouts to all the Turkish homies. Shouts to all my Turkish people. I'll see you November 2nd at Babylon in Istanbul. Can't wait to come back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, what's up, man? What are we doing, Jeff? I think we were going to talk about uh, one more song. Do you want to play the single? Do you want to play something else? What do you want to? What are you? What are you thinking? I think we should play Flange Face. Yeah, I think yeah. we should. Featuring Miguel. What, what is a Flange Face? I, I was. Well, basically, the song. Uh, this is one of the songs I made on a flight somewhere, and uh, the main driving sound in the song is the hi hats. With the flanger turned all the way up, oh, okay. it's an effect, a DJ effect. Uh, it's not a DJ effect. It's a, it's a, it's an effect, you know. Yeah, it's the same effect that uh, what's that one song, uh, the, the Bowie song that Nirvana did in. Uh, oh, did the man on, who sold the world. Yeah. Who sold the world? That's the effect that's on uh, his vocals, the mm. flange. Yeah, it's a classic, a classic effect. And uh, basically, I turned up the the flange on the hi hats, and it made this. Instead of just it added like a whole other element Let's go. Yeah. to the song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got you got me going. I, yeah, I, got, I, got, I, I wanted when you were doing the I wanted to get it on beat, but it got, uh, <laughs> got named best new track on Pitchfork. Oh, so, thanks, Pitchfork. So, yeah, it did. It's a great song. Makes me want to do mess one. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I keep turning it up, so I'm sorry. Good, turn James, it up. James is cooking again. <laughs> cooking in the studio, James. Yeah. I mean, I can't help it, man. <laughs> I'm a hungry boy. <laughs> I, got, I got to feed the wolves and all that, you know? Blanche face. The wolves within you. <laughs> Let's go.
Hey, Gas Lamp Killer, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Low in theory every Wednesday night in Los Angeles at the Airliner 2419 North Broadway. Whoop. New Gas Lamp Killer album, Breakthrough, coming out September 18th, 18th. on Brain Feeder. Brain Feeder. Look for exclusive merch that you cannot get in stores anywhere on thegaslampkiller.com. You'll be able to get a limited edition of the vinyl record, and you'll also be able to get limited edition T-shirts and some stickers, some other fun stuff. And um, shouts out to Flylo, whose album comes out October 2nd. My birthday. Awesome birthday yeah. present for Jeff. Yeah. Oh, that's your birthday? I that's think that's all. Subtitle's birthday, too. It is, I think. I yeah. think it's AC Alone's birthday. And his birthday is October 7th. Oh. Lotus's. Oh, oh, oh. What's that? So what's, he's what's getting an early sign? birthday present. Libras. Thanks, Libras. Thank you for asking. Libras. Also, also. Fairness. <clears throat> Fairness. We are going to have some. Equity. We're going to have some release parties for this album, mm-hmm. Breakthrough. All naked shit, though. Release parties in LA It'd going on. Caligula style. In September, right around the release. If so you, keep your eyes open in for the Julian some, calendar, not the Gregorian. If calendar. you're if you're not naked, you won't even be able to hear it. And we're gonna time. have some real cool guests at these release parties. So I really hope that some of you get the chance to make it out. They will be clothed. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wear clothes. I mean, no, it's optional. Mm-hmm. Nobody should have to wear clothes. DJ Nobody should have to wear clothes. <laughs> he should have to wear clothes. Nah, he's so cute. Because he, I just like how he wears so much polo now. Kev's naked constantly. Kev's, you just go to get a, go over to Kev's, he's just naked over there, just chilling. It's like him and his dogs and his guns and like his kids, and they're just you know naked. It's just wild. It's just a free it's like a, farm. It's like a Warren Zevon song. Dude, yeah. it's, it's like a vegan farm. Yeah, they're super vegan over there. Yeah. I swear to God, I asked for no, coffee. Kev and eats like, cheese. He eats cheese. cheese. Yeah, of course. Well, he eats fish. That's and it. he eats a pescatarian. He's, a He's not even a vegan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But quinoa is delicious, and I think we should let everyone know that. Everybody, get your holy quinoa. grail grains on. Eat your holy grains. Chief Keef, that quinoa, that is the shit he does like. Yeah. I'm that, sure that's, that's the shit I'm he pretty does sure like. that's the shit he don't like. That's what they no, fed him no, at Interscope. Quinoa. That's how, that's how <laughs> he got the deal. That's how he got smart. So Jimmy Iovine's like, let's give him some quinoa. That's that quinoa do like. Yeah. That's that quinoa do like. That's a. You should. All right. No more. (laughs) No more. We're being being shamelessly booed. Uh, It's it's only because I don't know what quinoa is. I'll come back the next time and like I'll be like quinoa. It's amazing. It's delicious grain. Yeah. You should know. It's like sorghum. It's the mother grain. Yeah. Sorghum millet. That's Mm. the shit that Whole Foods consumers like. I mean, that's why, hey, real talk, there's not enough, uh, I guess, uh, what do you say, uh, healthy uh, food choices uh, south of the tent All right. <laughs> right now. There's not many Whole Foods in the hood. Let's there's just a, put it like that. Yeah. We, there's, like a, there's one Trader Joe's in Culver City. Yeah, and, you, know. you have to drive 40 minutes that's or like, take that's an like hour-long like bus ride. Trader Joe's. Oh, yeah. My grandma used ones? to go to that. Yeah. Back yeah. in the, back in the 80s. Hey, talk to Ross when G, they though. He me. knows where to get good food in the hood. Ross well, G knows about that health food. Well, that's that's Lamert Park, and that's like hippie land, man. Yeah. Really? Lamert Park is like, you know, there's like, you know, dreadlocks, African medallions, you know, there's like 12 ballet studios in that motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> that sounds like my kind of town. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, this was Shots Fired with Jeff Weiss and No Can Do. Yeah, shots have been fired. Go to sleep, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Go to sleep. Get but, some. Get a nap. Call, I don't an, know. call the ambulance. Tell one. them pick up your people. All right. I don't even know what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Ackerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com.
EarwolfRadio.com The Wolf Dead Dale, y'all! This is Tony Rodriguez. This is Carlos Santos. This is Riza Licea. And this is Oscar Montoya. When our powers combine, we are Spanish Aquí Presents! We have a brand new podcast here on Earwolf, bringing you the best of the best of lo mejor of the Latinx comedy. Join us every Tuesday as we chat about what's going on in our lives, Latinx culture, and ¿qué es lo que? Lo que nos está picando. Lo que te pica. Don't worry, we'll tell you what that means if you listen. We'll also be joined by a new guest every single week. We'll get to know a little bit more about their lives. Every single week. Uh-huh. And then we'll make them sit back and watch us improvise their lives right back to them. Improvisation. <laughs> Spanish Aki Presents premieres July 16th. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. O donde sea. Spanish Aki Presents. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Life is a Highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.